Hello, Podnutsians. Welcome to episode number 578 of, sorry, 578 of the Android App Addicts podcast brought to you on the Podnuts Network. Uh, coming to you on the 6th of January, 2022. Our sponsor today is Xavier Guilmain. Thank you so much uh, for to Xavier for his sponsorship. And um, it's guys like uh, Xavier who really, uh, really keep us going. My name is Ivor Davies. I'm joined today by the one and the only Stephen McLaughlin. We're not an all-singing, all-dancing crew today. We are missing our Canadian, Joshua. Maybe Josh will show up later on. Uh, but at the moment, it's just me and Dor. So, Dor, how are you today? Hey, Ivor. Uh, first, I'll say, yeah, don't be shocked if Josh just pops in. Um, and to the astute listener, if the name Xavier Guman rings a bell, it should. He is the author behind Podcast Addict. Um, he's a guy I go out of my way to to support. I have the paid version of the app. I'm a, I'm a supporter of his on Patreon, and I have the uh, Google Play monthly subscription for $1. So I w- don't want him to stop updating the app. I don't want him to stop improving the app. So I keep giving him money because if anybody should, I think it's the guy who averages, it was more than 300 days worth of audio I listened to in 2021. And what's the maximum speed it goes so, up to? Uh, it only goes up to 5X, 5X, which I will say, I don't see myself going over 5X. Um, Because even when my friend Jonathan, they do blind, disabled kind of thing, can't see nothing, listens to everything sped up. When I told him I was listening to stuff at 5X and he asked me if I was crazy. <laughs> um, but yeah. In 2021, I listened to 313 days and 21 hours worth of audio. Wow. And the um, So if anybody should support the podcast app maker, I think it's me. Yeah, and we should definitely support Xavier because he's doing a fantastic job on Podcast Addict. I've actually been drawn away from Pocket Cast, which I used for many years, and now I only use Podcast Addict. It's um, compatible with my Android Auto. Uh, it's, it uh, notifies me of all the latest um, podcast episodes and automatically downloads them. It's full of features um, that you don't just see in, in any other podcast app. So go ahead and, and give it a try. Yeah, and I'll say I'm positive about a lot of things, including the fact that I have COVID. I just got my test results oh, back. Yes. Um, but what I wanted to also say was that um, the problem with a lot of these podcast applications is some of the features you have to hunt and peck for before you find them. Um, I can virtually guarantee you virtually any feature you're looking for in a podcast player in the top, you know, four or five apps, they all have it. It's just a question of how to access it. Um, but that's the best part. That's that, the best part of using an app is digging around in the settings and, and finding out what it can do and what it's capable of. To me, that's part of the fun. Yeah. And I do like the fact when I figure something out, it definitely feels like I figured something out kind of thing. Um, except for that, I can't go back to work until I test negative. I can't even telecommute even though three days a week before I was telecommuting. I'm not sure how that happens. That sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, but, but on the good news, uh, my fearless leader, governor, gave all, uh, I believe, government employees a $1,000 bonus for putting up with all this crap. So, hey, I'll take it. How much? 1000 oh, I thought you said 80000 Jeez. <laughs> no. That would be nice, wouldn't it? No. <laughs> yeah, considering I don't even get paid 80000 <laughs> If you're lucky. But yeah, so... Uh, in typical fashion, I just turned to the wife and said, hey, wife, there's more money there. She said, great, do whatever you want to do with it, because if it's me, it's just getting blown on stupid stuff. So, yeah, do do something smart with it. So given you've got all this money, this COVID money coming in, have you uh, you got any new Android hardware to talk about? No, I don't. Um, and to be honest, even if she were to turn to me and say, here's $1,000 that you earned, in air quote, do whatever you want with it, I don't think I would buy... I don't think I would buy a piece of Android hardware. Now, with that stated, um, I would first and foremost probably buy a Stream Deck, Linux handheld gaming device. Um, after that, if it wasn't for that, it would be literally a new laptop. My newest laptop is about seven years old. My newest desktop is around nine years old. So that is probably what I would do. But um, if I were to buy anything Android, um, I will say there was more than a couple devices. One of them was a Realme um phone that just got released it was around seven hundred dollars and it was clearly like a nine hundred dollar value in air quote um that one did look at least good well, um, but you know i don't watch any, really any tv i don't really watch any movies um you know i could play some retro games but you know that's about it you just listen to podcasts all day basically yes at least you went me and didn't buy one of these 
um, not so long ago, I, I bought a new Sony Xperia phone, and I thought, I need a new pet, set of earbuds to go with it. And I saw these are for sale online, and I thought, oh, I'll get these. Um, these are the Sony Xperia Air, E-A-R, X-E-A-10s. Uh, except when I open them, it's not tens, it's ten, singular, not plural. So I have one earbud. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I opened them up. I did see that. And um, it's just one earbud in there. Yeah. Apparently, it's for people who like to drive cars and stuff and have their phones connected. So, yeah, oh, that's a hard pass for me. A bit of wasted money, I'm afraid. I won't be using that for a while. Well, then what I suggest you do is I suggest you troll. Like, if you have a veteran's hospital around, go out in front of the veteran's hospital and wait to find somebody who only has, like, one ear left. Perfect customer. <laughs> Perfect customer. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, I'll go and hang out in front of the hospital. <laughs> yeah, so just say, hey. You got one ear. I got the perfect, perfect device for you. Well, apart from listening to all your podcasts, the other thing you've been doing is uh, trawling the internet for news related to Android and technology. Have you come across anything interesting? Well, the one that affected you, it, but it's literally months ago, I forgot to bring up before, so I figured better later than never, and that was that the uh, Android earthquake de, um, de, um, detection. Um, what I'll say is this was something that I know we on this show talked about maybe two or three years ago the possibility of crowdsourcing all of the gyroscopic sensors in Android devices to instantly echolocate the, the uh, epicenter of a earthquake or and even give people some possible early notification with it. Um, so when I saw this and then I saw it was helping the Kiwis out, I said, well, we absolutely have to bring this. Yes, absolutely. Um, I remember this well uh, because the news had just come out. I just saw the article that... Um, Android had, uh, Google had released this new functionality, and I thought, oh, this is a gimmick. And then, of course, we get quite a lot of earthquakes in this country, especially in my area of the world, of the country, um, because we have a, an active volcano not a, just a couple of hundred kilometers away, and where New Zealand is basically uh, sitting on the ring of fire, which is, an, which is a huge tectonic plate. So we get a lot of earthquakes, um, and you get used to them because none of them are really very major at all. But um, just a day or two after I saw this article, um, I was lying in bed, and we had a doozy of an earthquake. It really it really got up there. I forget what it actually was. Yeah, it was 5.3, I think. Um, and uh, boy, did the house shake, and it shook for a long time. And uh, after after the first couple of seconds of the, the house shaking, I got a, um, everyone in the house got a notification on their phone telling me they were telling us there was an earthquake, <laughs> as if we didn't really know that already. <laughs> but it was quite impressive that everyone actually got their notification, and it actually worked. So I was... I was um, I was very impressed. Yeah, and I tried to find follow-up information because what should also happen is, based upon the timing, they should literally know exactly where the epicenter is, like like instantaneously. Where before they would have to go in their car, drive to the center where they have the thing in the ground measuring the seismic activity. Where with this, hopefully, the information could be immediately surfaced. Yeah, um, we have a uh, an earthquake monitoring body here as well, which um, has. Uh, seismic sensors all over the country uh, and uh, those are all networked together so as soon as an earthquake happens we get a notification on it's updated on the website and it, um, actually uh, I should actually they've got an app I should um, bring that to one of our sh next shows to show how it works yeah. gotcha yeah and I mean in here to me is where the line gets fuzzy blurry um, privacy is something that every being should strive for and should cherish when you can get privacy, but there is certain information that I think can benefit the greater good, AKA the gyroscopic sensors on your phone, feeling those micro tremors before an actual earthquake should be shared back. Uh, especially if it's in a anonymous type of fashion where they only have a vague general area where it's happening and they don't know you exactly, then that's the kind of information I am perfectly okay with sharing back. Um, yeah. A lot of our privacy laws are, um, a bit antiquated, I think. They're stuck in the 1980s when they first started. No one, no one could anticipate uh, the kind of information that would become available over the next um, 30 to 40 years. So, um, yeah, in this country, and a lot of countries are very different, across you know, different places. But I think here, anything that's related to you personally, you need to give permission before you can it can be seen by anybody else, which is good. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, it makes it difficult for organizations like Google to sort of consolidate that information beforehand. Right. Yeah. And I'll say on the news market, um, it does seem like leading up to CES, everything shut down. So, you know, the only news type of things I've heard in the last couple of weeks was literally like 
you know, another set of glasses coming out, um, one or two phones coming out, but nothing even close to major. Yeah, it's been very quiet, and you know, it's that time of the year everyone's on holiday. Right. We have been having a major um, heat wave for the last week. It's been up in the 30s uh, Celsius. I'm not sure what that is um, Fahrenheit, but that's um, yeah, over 90. Over 90, yeah. yeah. Uh, every day, the sheep have been suffering. We had to get them shorn. They had to do an emergency shear on the sheep uh, and um, put up a shade sail. Been to the beach. I think I sent you a picture of an absolutely crowded beach of cars everywhere and people, you know, trying to get onto the beach. It was um, it was a nightmare. We've just been absolutely um, prostate on <laughs> lying on the on the couch, groaning and drinking cold water. Right. Not used to these temperatures. Yeah, up here we finally got a sprinkling of snow. Uh, Josh, of course, when we mentioned snow, shows a picture where he has like five inches of yeah. snow. <laughs> it's incredible. He's like, yeah, uh huh. So here, all we got was like maybe an inch or two with like a hard ice layer on top. Um, so of course, me being me, Monday morning woke up bright and early. Scraped off the wife's car, shoveled as much as I could, started her car, started the seat warmer in her car. She walked out the door and went back to bed. <laughs> well, you're a good husband, at least. I happy wife equals happy life. I firmly believe Very that. True. Um, if she's happy, then at least I can breathe freely and not worry about getting stabbed in the neck <laughs> in the sleep yeah. or awake. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the news out the way. Um, should we uh, have a look at some apps? What do you got for us today? Sure, yeah. Well, I'll say the first one I want to bring, I know it contains ads and it, it and it has in-app purchases, but I thought it was the kind of app that still could be really valuable to people. Um, on my home network, for some reason, I can't access Google Play, and I'm sure it's a me thing, but um, the app is called Language Exchange Hey Pal, H-E-Y-P-A-L. Uh, and essentially what it does is I'm an English speaker learning Spanish and I want to get better at my Spanish. So what the app does, it lets me communicate with someone who their native language is Spanish and maybe they want to learn English along the way. So I can practice my Spanish with that person and they can practice their English with me. Um, I think it's a really like natural type of way to learn and share at the same time kind of thing. Um, when I tried to dig through and find out what the in-app purchases were, I, it was not at all clear to me. So I'm not sure what's going on. So have you actually tried to use it yet and spoken with someone? Uh, I did load it up, but I don't know any other language except for maybe Pig Latin. So it just looked pretty. And then I closed the app. My wife is actually learning how to speak Gaelic. Uh, and um, I sent her an app the other day, which is basically this, but only for Gaelic, Scots Gaelic. Um, so yeah, she hasn't tried that yet, but, um, I can't imagine that too many other people would want to use it, but these apps seem to be, um, popping up because I noticed quite a few others that were, were doing it in different languages too. Um, great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I like trying to explain to my, um, youngest son and my oldest son, anybody who listens kind of thing. Um, if you want to be a more valuable asset at any job you get in your life, speak another language or even sign language. If you speak any other language, you are instantaneously going to beat out somebody with similar experience, similar knowledge, and uh, similar education. You will always win, period. And I said, you you know, you really shouldn't let this opportunity just fall flat on, on its face. In school, take a language, learn at least the basics of it. And then if you decide to go to college, you can take more advanced ones of those languages and get even better at it to where when you get a job, you can literally put on the application, I know Chinese. Korean, Spanish, French, something. So then if you're at that job site and somebody comes up speaking that language, they can literally call on you to help them, you know, finish the transaction or, you know, get whatever done. And the online resources that are available available for now for people to learn online um, is just, are just incredible. Um, think you've got apps like this all over the show. You've got Duolingo. Um, sorry, my phone's going off. I'll just, um, and um, yeah, my wife's sort of using Duolingo. The other thing is if you learn how to speak one language, um, you can learn others relatively easily. So the first one is usually the hardest one. In the, in the words of Rod Stewart, <laughs> the first cuts the deepest. Um, but yeah, if you, once once you've uh, once you're proficient with one language, it becomes a lot easier to learn two and two or three languages. So yeah, I've heard that very same thing. Um, there's a lot of people. I'll say, but there's a lot of people in a lot of different places where they know easily four to five languages, and of course, they all say the first other language besides their native one takes work but when you understand more languages 
it makes more sense how language is con um constructed. Losing the idea. Sorry, I lost your view for a while, though. Yeah. Sorry about that. No I'll just say I barely know English. <laughs> yeah, I struggle with that too sometimes. Um, so, do you have any more apps? I do, I do. Um, this one I thought I would uh, do a screenshot of. I will put the link in the uh, description in the chat. Uh, yeah, I'll just do a, do a screenshot. Jeremy. That's what you said last night. <laughs> oh, they've changed the functionality as well. Yeah, it's the one problem about using web apps to get things done is they do silent upgrades that you don't know of. Okay, can you see my screen screen from my phone there? Didn't believe so. All right. Right. How's that? Nope. Oh, yes, it is. It just took a okay. second. Right. Sorry about that. The uh, app I want to show you is called Whisk. Now, this is a recipe app, and uh, I realize um, recipe apps can be a little bit boring, and there are rather a lot of them. But for me, I um, I don't uh, work during the day or the night, and um, I take on uh, I've taken on recently a lot of uh, responsibility for cooking the family meals because my wife works. So um, I've turned to this app, which I found really really good uh, for um, suggesting recipes, and it has a good um, sort of social aspect as well. I'll just um, start it up here. So Whisk uh, basically has a good um, community. Uh, and it shows up when you go into your, into your uh, opening screen. It has uh, activity and community. So the activity reflects the activity of various communities. And you can see there are multiple communities like um, your weeknight standbys, you've got brunch, you've got dough, um, you've got vegetarian, you've got vegan, you've got all your options, any, any kind of food options you want. Communities here, you can find a community popular on TikTok. You know, you've got uh, basically anything you, you want. People can add. Um, comments and recipes to those communities as well. Um, there is an option to add your contacts, um, add your contacts from your contact uh, list, and um, you can see what your contacts have been doing if you've got other people you know who are using this app as well. Um, so there's a search option where you can search for specific recipes or specific communities. Um, you can see the UI is actually really good. I, I quite like the UI on this one. Um, the other thing is, if you find the thing about this app that I really like is that it has, so, so let's find a recipe. So there's honey, garlic, chicken, stir fry. That looks good. Okay. Uh, and it creates a, um, a list of uh, a formats, it formats the ingredients into pictures and, and um, you can convert from metric to imperial. So if you prefer metric, you can create all those. The thing is, if you find a recipe online, uh, from you know, from a search, from a Google search, you find a, a recipe. You can share it to this app just using your share function, and it will automatically convert all the ingredients and the instructions to this format. And then, mm. yeah, so that that's um, that's, that's useful. very useful. I found it. I found it very. Oh useful. yeah, because everything on the web, you, where you look for recipes, you think you found the recipe, and then there's 18 paragraphs of how their mother served in the war back in 1812 and how they learned this recipe from the small... Fr no, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about any of that. Just give me the damn ingredients and how, how to do it. Um, yeah, and some of them, some recipes can be quite frustrating in terms of where to find the, the lists and the, the instructions and stuff. So to have it all automatically formatted like this is really good. Um, you've got an option, once you've, uh, once you've checked out a recipe, you can indicate that you've made it. Um, you've got the instructions here. So that just basically is an excerpt of the actual website it comes from. It shows you all the instructions. Uh, and then a health indicator as well. It shows you how healthy that particular recipe is based on its, on its ingredients. Um, we've got saved recipes. So these are all the recipes that I've saved uh, in my, my particular folder. Uh, and all the ones, and I've actually tried uh, making a few of these. So they're, they're really good. Uh, and it's also got this handy planner functionality. It takes the current week, so you can change the week there uh, in the calendar and you can plan a certain a specific meal on the specific day so here on tuesday this week i'm planning to make the pan hawaiian pineapple chicken which is um which is really nice once you've found a recipe of course you can save the recipe so, yeah and it's got this option here where you can indicate that you've made it um, so i've already done a review on that you can edit your review um, change it the other thing you can do is uh, you can actually edit a recipe so if you find i found with this recipe it had too much mm. sugar so I, um, I cut down, I actually edited the recipe to reduce the amount of sugar that, that you put in it um, so that in future, if you go back to this, you can, you can change it. 
got other options in the Add To menu. You can ask questions. I think that question goes through to the person who originally um, originally posted the recipe. Uh, you can create a shopping list based on the recipe ingredient or the ingredients of the recipe. So you can add those to your shopping list. Um, there, yeah, there's the meal plan. You can add also this community and collection. So I've got three collections here. I've got um, we eat a lot of chicken breasts, so I've got chicken breasts. I make curry, and we have options for leftovers. So those are just the three collections I have set up at the moment. But I'm sure I'll create more eventually. Uh, and then um, you can also leave feedback um, to on the recipe. You can say you had a particular issue with that. So that goes, I think, to the app developers uh, and um, yeah, the shopping list and end of you. Basically, it's a one-stop shop for um, for all your cooking needs and recipe needs. I um, I use it almost every day. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I have had a couple recipe apps I've used in the past. This seems to check way more boxes than any other app I've witnessed. Is what I'll say. The sheer fact you can edit the recipe for your own customizations is right there worth at least a couple bucks is what I'm going to say. Um, I, I love the fact it has a dedicated keto section. Most recipe apps I load do not have a keto thing. It's because what most of these apps, all they do is they just scrape somebody else's database and then they just put it into their format. They're, they're not actually maintaining any recipe. So keto is still fairly new in the world. So, and I, and I love the fact that you can take some janky website filled with some story of some person's life and say share it with this app and then i'm sure it gets added to their database at the same time and then it lists all the stuff in a much more friendly digestible pun intended fashion <laughs> so i'm going to install this right away is what i'm going to say um because i haven't come across any um any uh subscription option or payment options there's no pro version i don't there doesn't seem to be a monetization yeah um yeah there's no no in-app purchases no uh, pay up front, no ads. Yeah. So last updated on January the fifth. So it's it's being maintained. Five hundred thousand plus installs requires Android five point one and up. Current version one point three one point zero. So yeah, it looks um, uh, looks like pretty good. The permissions. I think uh, if you're going to share your contacts to it, it will need access to to those. So I'm just checking out the, uh, the permissions that you use on me. Um, yeah, re reviews four point seven. A lot of the reviews seem very positive as well. I can see why. Very cool. Definitely going to install this app and give it a shot. Um, I'll just say the recipe app I was playing with is called Saucy, S-O-S-Y. I'm not going to bring it because I don't think it matches. I don't think it's in the same league as the app that you brought. Uh, so what I will do is I will bring a different app. And this app, I will say from the people I've talked to, has extremely mixed results. Now, I'm going to first take a time machine back a couple of years ago. There was an application website called Lucy phone. And if you remember, I love Lucy, not Nicole Kidman. I love Lucy, but real Lucy ball. I love Lucy. One of the episodes, she was a phone operator quite literally back in the day, you would pick up your phone. And the first thing you would hear is a person's voice, not a dial tone. And that person was responsible for plugging in two things to connect you with who you wanted to connect with. You'd pick up the phone and say, I want to talk to George in Bellsville. And they would literally look it up and put it in and bam, you're talking. Or I, or I want to talk to the fire station in Glen Burnie. And then they would plug it in. Um, so what Lucy phone was, it was a service. And they also sold the service to companies where you could download the app, call Lucy phone. Then Lucy phone would ask, what number are you trying to communicate with? Then you would put in, for instance, Comcast. And they would then, you would go through the prompts and you prompts. And then when you got to the point to where it said, your call is important to us, please stay on hold. You would then hit pound, pound on your phone and hang up. And then when they would pick up the phone, they would hear, this is Lucy phone. If you are a customer service rep ready to talk to the customer, please hit one or something. And then they would hit it. And then your phone would ring. So you need to stay on hold the entire day waiting to talk to people. Um, I cannot find any service like that anymore. Apparently Lucy phone did not get enough money, cost too much to maintain. So they went belly up. Nothing I can find is remotely close to as good as Lucy phone. So today I used get human, get human. Uh, I will say the people who I talk to get very mixed results. Some people say it's extremely outdated. doesn't work. Some people say it's fantastic and I love it. I'll just say I use it today to talk to the Maryland easy pass 
Maryland Department of Transportation service to where we could put more money on our scannable RFID device so we go over bridges without stopping and, you know, paying paying it by hand kind of thing. And what it told me to do was to hit one, then hit nine, and it will say nine is an invalid response, then hit zero a couple times, and it will kick you right over to a person. And it did, which I will say I love. Because back in the day, what two things you could do was literally just keep hitting zero over and over again. It would click you over to a person or hit no buttons on your phone, and it figured you had a rotary phone, so it would automatically kick you to a person. In the last couple of years, they've stopped doing that. So I'm now using Get Human to try to get a human as fast as possible. And I'll say it works decently. Um, I know uh, from my days working in telecommunications, I was involved in a project where we uh, were developing a uh, voice recognition service where you call a, an organization and they would recognize your voice and, and you could tell it, instead of pressing numbers on the, on the dialer, you could tell it what, what your problem was. Oh, I've got a problem with my phone connection or I've got a problem with um, and it would automatically put you through to some department based on what you said. But invariably, there are always problems with it. It never really worked. Maybe they've um, maybe they've improved that. But this seems like a great option. Gotcha. A lot of people. The reason we we developed that project in the first place is because as soon as people would uh, ring up, um, they just keep pressing the hash button or the or the star button to try or you know whatever option to get through to someone who could, who was a human. And so this is uh, obviously a great option to to talk to a human. I don't know how it would go talking to the inland revenue. <laughs> well. I'll just say it like this, the, at least around here, the Internal Revenue Service has lost over 20% of its employees since the beginning of COVID um, because they tried to tell people you have to come back into the office. They immediately had a mass resignation. Um, so then they stopped saying that. And then they figured out, wait, we make more money. It's like a, a, a total cost of um, a total return on investment. If we just pay our employees to look at previous year's audits, Instead of actually taking care of current year audits, we can make more money. So if you need to talk to the IRS now, at least here in the United States, you literally got to call them up, leave a message, and within 40 days, they'll call you back, which is kind of insane. 40 days? Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. (laughs) Yeah. So, and we were audited three years ago, so hopefully we're not going to have to deal with them this year is my hope. Um, Okay. That's great. Um, I assume that uh, that app doesn't actually work uh, outside the USA, but I would be keen to know if it uh, if anybody outside the USA is actually using it as well. Gotcha. Okay, the next app I've got is uh, one I've, I discovered this morning, so I haven't spent a great deal of time with it. But the time I did spend with it was time well spent, if you know what I mean. Um, this is called Farm Invasion USA, and I know I know very little about it, but I just wanted to share with you uh, the graphics and the gameplay because. To me, this is um, this is a great game. This is great, great graphics and, and very enjoyable. What the premise is basically: a whole bunch of aliens have um, have run out of popcorn, and so they try to invade planet Earth to um, to get its corn. <laughs> and you're a Texas farmer with a large combine harvester and a blunderbuss who's trying to uh, both harvest his own corn and um, prevent aliens from getting the corn as well. So I'll just show you here uh, the game. I've shared the screen. I think. Got the screen? Okay. Yep. Um, uh, don't bother those power-ups. So basically, you're, dri- you're this farmer driving a combine harvester. You've got to mow them down. Works by um, by swiping the screen back and forth. You've got to you've got to harvest the corn, and then you've got to you've got to chase the aliens. What I really like about this is the uh, the look on the aliens' faces as you, as you mow them down with your combine harvester. <laughs> so um, I know it's a bit childish. Oh, and then you've got a you've got a blunderbuss as well. You've got to shoot the uh, the alien spacecraft. You've got to avoid obstacles. It can get um, quite complicated very quickly, as these these games often do. So um, yeah, and the, this is literally uh, the longest I've spent on this game. I spent a bit of time with it this morning. But the, the aliens sometimes shoot back, and you've got to collect weapons. Yeah, and so it, it goes. You can get turbo <laughs> speed. Also, I just uh, couldn't stop giggling the whole time I was I was playing this game. Gotcha. So yeah, I think I'd classify this as an endless runner, endless side-scrolling runner. Three, just play till you die. <laughs> yeah, you can just keep going and going and going. Fantastic. Uh, so some Very stats. Cool. It's got um, last updated December twenty third, twenty twenty one. Not so long ago. One million plus installs requires Android four point one and up. 
uh, in-app products $1.59 to $164 per item. That's New Zealand dollars, by the way, so in mind. It's come from Germany, uh, but mm. a very enjoyable game. Very cool. Yeah, everyone 10 and up because it is very animated violence, is what I'm going to say. If anyone takes it seriously, it they're definitely under the age of 10, but you know more than that, they're just not very smart. Very cool. Um, the app I'm going to bring... Here's the thing. Um, again, processor power is going to, again, take another skyrocketing leap when um, Qualcomm, the first Gen 1 G1 device just got launched, and that was a, a Realme phone. Um, basically, they're abandoning the quad um, um, Quadcom like 888 plus naming convention and this next generation of processor they're gonna have a gaming focused pro processor and then a non-gaming focused processor um when this gaming focused processor hits the street it's going to take months and months and months for the uh, emulation developers to really figure out how to take full advantage of it okay but what i'm going to say is we're going to be able to have easily ps3 playstation 3 level emulation in what's going to be like a blink of an eye by the end of 2022, maybe mid 2023, we're going to have some really, really top notch emulation. Um, for right now, the PlayStation two emulation had seen a significant improvement is what I'm going to say in the last, um, month. And the main pusher of this is it's an emulator. I'm going to pronounce Aether SX2, A-E-T-H-E-R-S-X-2. Um, and we in the emulation world, we've had really good success with everything from Atari and Odyssey up through like Nintendo 64, even some PS1 games have had really good success. But this one, I will say I was genuinely shocked at how well some of the emulation has been. And I say that because some games just won't run. And it isn't that they, you know, they look bad. No, no, no. They just don't run. Or you run the game and there's no audio at all. So it isn't perfect. But the games that did run with this, I was pleasantly shocked. Um, a Aether SX2 by Tall Ref, looks like, uh, under Arcade, E for Everyone, completely free, no in-app ads, no in-app purchases. Uh, updated January 6, 2022, a.k.a. today. Um, size varies with device, 500,000 plus installs. Uh, version varies with device. Android varies with device. A permission, it's definitely going to need some permission to your like storage devices and stuff like that. Um, if you are a fan of retro gaming, because here's the thing, there's always going to be games that if you try to go find, you're going to find out to buy a system is going to be a hundred bucks. And then to buy the game is like $500. The use case for emulation. And here's the real thing. The real use case for emulation is to archive history. It's to be able to allow people and drop of a dime to launch something that was extremely um, like um, uh, rare and yet significantly could impact gaming history. That's what I like about emulation. It allows people to experience how it was back in 1980, whatever. And now you're you know playing Su Super Mario Brothers three for like the very first time ever kind of thing. Um, so I'm a huge fan of emulation. If I could afford, you know, to have all the hardware consoles set up here, with a big TV, oh yeah, you betcha I would have it, but I can't afford it, so I use emulation when possible. Um, was it hard to to set up? Oh, absolutely not. Um, these retro emulators now, basically, you just launch it up. If you have a Bluetooth controller connected, or if you connect via USB, like an Xbox controller, it's surprisingly easy to configure them. Um, and when you load it up, sometimes you have to go find a core. It's what they call it to download. With this one, I didn't need to download a core, so you basically just had to go find your ROM files or your ISO files to emulate the game itself. And then just when it, the system boots up, you just say load game and then voila, it just runs. Yeah, because I was just reading on the on the description, it says that BIOS images required to play games and is not optional. The image should be dumped from your own console using a homebrew application. I just wondered if that would... Well then, well, then it picked up my RetroArch PlayStation yeah. bin files, I'm going to say, because I didn't have to download anything. Uh, it says you need a high-end device to achieve good performance. Snapdragon 845? Well, you know, if you're playing Wheel of Fortune on PS2, no. You don't need a high-end emulator. If you're playing a racing game, yeah, you need some good hardware. Devices with Mali or PowerVR GPUs will run the app 
but performance will be much lower than Adreno GPUs, and the Vulkan renderer will not be available. Gotcha. The thing about, I think the main reason people uh, use emulators is because the games are simply a lot better. The game play was, was a lot better thought out. The games were much more enjoyable. They weren't so complex. It was all very simple. Um, and that sort of lent uh, an element of, um, I don't know, you know, playability and, and enjoyability rather than trying to spend a, a long time getting used to learning how a game works and how to play it. Yeah, I think one of the biggest downfalls to modern games is the insistence on complexity to where it requires like a half an hour tutorial section. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, which to me is incredibly, that just to me is incredibly PPGD. Piss poor game designs, what I'm going to say. Because you load up Super Mario Brothers 1, you know. You try to go left, you can't go left. So in this game, you go right. And the first thing you encounter, if you don't jump, it kills you. You learn you have to jump. Kind of thing. Um, games should instinctively, you know, have you experience it yourself and discover yourself on how to do it. To handhold people through tutorial levels is, to me, a, a sheer example of the lowering of IQ to make games more accessible to more mental invalids who can't play video games. Well, don't hold back there. Don't pull your punches. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, games used to be challenging and they're, and the term Nintendo hard existed for a reason because those games were incredibly hard. Now people are like, well, it's the dark souls of Tetris games, dude. I'm gonna tell you something. You gave me dark souls back in the eighties. I would have destroyed that game. Okay. It's not, it's not super complicated. Okay. Yeah. You have to figure out patterns. Ooh, <laughs> figuring out patterns. That's super difficult. Yeah. No, no, it's not. Uh, okay. That looks like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have any game consoles myself and I don't have any games, but um, yeah, if anyone has any good experiences using uh, emulator, let us know. It'd be good to hear about it. Yeah. And there's plenty of home dedicated home Android TV set top boxes you can get that could really do a decent job with emulation. It gets a little bit hard when you try to do like a PS2 God of War type game, because that game it be, besides blew all other games on that console away in its sheer beauty. It required Twitch like reflexes. I'll just stick with space invaders. I think. <laughs> hey dude, I would love to have a Space Invaders cabinet right yeah. there. I wonder how much they cost now. They're, they're bloody expensive. I'm not going to look because no. <laughs> I'm afraid. Because because the thing the thing is for a real Space Invaders cabinet, one, there's no joystick. There's a left and right button and there's a fire button. And that's it. And the board inside is probably decaying at such a rate. It's like, you know, going to catch fire in the next couple years. Um, I'm not going to look. I don't want to know how much the cabinets cost, but I would love to have one. You might discover that they're actually affordable. You want to buy one? Oh, if it's like 300 bucks or less, I'm getting I one. It is. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's either. I'm, I'm guessing it's closer to being 3000 Yeah, at least. Um, oh, well, just uh, taking a break from the apps, did we have any emails this week? Uh, I do not believe so. Let me come over here, click a lick, click a licky, clicky, kiki. Um, let me see this here. Yo, we had one email, Michael Sanders, episode 577, last episode. Brilliant comment, non-Android related. Michael Sanders, thank you very much. It says, hey, Dor, during episode 577, you made the most brilliant comment I've heard in a very long time. Politicians should have to wear suits like NASCAR drivers with all of their sponsors on them. Absolutely. Dor, you never cease to humor me. Happy New Year, Mike. And here's the thing. I stole that line. There's no way I thought of something that intelligent in my life ever. I'm pretty sure I stole it from, it was either George Carlin or George Carlin rings a bell. I'm trying to think who else. It, and I don't know who else it could have been, but someone a little bit more, maybe modern. Uh, but yeah, I keep thinking it was George Carlin because George Carlin's the guy right now on my Plex server. I literally have every HBO stand up special George Carlin has ever done. And I don't care how I feel and or how i think on that day or how busy i am you put on a george carlin stand-up comedy special i will shut my mouth and i will watch it and i will laugh because most of it is still relevant today it's even more relevant than it ever used to be i think <laughs> yeah can't can't argue but yeah thank you thank you for the email mike yeah thanks mike all right um the app i've got i'm just going to share my screen again here called um now i'm not sure if you've had this one before it's a it's a podcast app uh it's called moonbeam um, so apologies if I haven't checked if, if we had it before. I'll just put in the link into the chat. 
Now, the different thing about this particular app is that it's like a Tinder for um, for podcasts, and it will play you clips. So as soon as you open it, it will play you uh, just select a podcast. But there's a there's a setup process. You have to um, you have to log in. You have to tell it what your hist- what your interests are, and then it will serve you up a list of um, podcasts that it thinks you might like. Um, so uh, you can see from the screen here, you've got a, got a, a recommended podcast, which is a true crime podcast. I'm not very interested in true crime, so I'll just swipe that one up and go to the next one. More true crime. For some reason it thinks I'm into true, true crime, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't know why it does that. Anyway, um, but what what it will well, do? Thanks to thanks to Elizabeth Holmes. Um, like every, like half of the advertisements I've heard in the last 30 days are to the Elizabeth Holmes podcast, you know, covering the, um, seductive conspiracy thing. No, she was a crappy con artist. That's all she was. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, but so what I'll do is play you a clip of a particular uh, podcast. I'm not sure if they curate the clips, um, but there is an option to, um, uh, to see the clips that are available for each podcast. So if you don't like a podcast, you go through all oh, this NPR, so we'll stay away from that. Um, in at the top here, you can select uh, your topics that you're interested in. So here, I'm interested in history, so it will, it will play me clips of um, of history podcasts. So you've got things, and if you like them, um, you say I like uh, Real Narcos, so I can subscribe to Real Narcos. Um, I can pause it; it'll, it'll or um, start it up again. And then I, if I tap on the uh, podcast. It'll show me all the episodes, and then I'll go into the clips that are available to play. So there's only one one clip there. It tells you about the podcast itself, what it's all about, and then provides any reviews. So it's a 4.8. Favorite it, I can share it. If you're looking for um, a podcast, you know, to a new podcast to listen to, I recommend giving giving this app a go because um, you can spend quite a while just going through different podcasts, listening to a small five minute clip. From that, you can tell whether the podcast is actually any good or the people you know what they're talking about. Uh, and um, you get a wide, I think you get quite a wide variety of, of stuff uh, that you can, well, down the bottom, we've got, a, we've got a search function. So you can go into uh, different types of options for vacations, uh, podcasts while you're falling asleep, your diet, all that sort of stuff, um, music, all the different, different topics. I couldn't find one for tech for some reason, uh, but I'm sure it's there somewhere, but I just couldn't find it. Got a library here, um, show you shows and episodes. You can download. This also acts as a um, as a regular podcast uh, client as well. So you can, uh, as you hear, also uh, all your listening time and history and all your shows that you're into, uh, and you can provide feedback. So I thought that was actually quite a quite a good idea for um, for listening to podcasts and finding new podcasts. I do like the idea of podcast curation. You know, um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's needed. I'm almost, I almost don't like telling them what I like because then I get shoehorned into categories. Um, what I really would love is a place to just say, give us your Adam file of all the podcasts you listen to. And then we will like try to see if we can find, you know, seven degrees of separation kind of thing. What could be good ideas? Um, cause honestly, I like hearing things that are different. Um, Cause like for like but the first, like whatever years when I listened to podcast, it was only tech news and that was it. And it's all I listened to nothing but tech news. Then I found, you know, some history stuff. Oh, okay. Some of these are pretty good. Then I found some science stuff. Oh, these are pretty good. Then I found, you know, like Tesla daily where all it is, it's a really short, like 10 minute thing of just all of the things that happened with Elon Musk and Tesla kind of thing it's like interesting it's really short snippet condensed kind of thing i would have never thought if i would have put in what i liked that would have never surfaced for me because it's basically like a money podcast you know how's the company tesla doing um so i almost want to load that kind of app up and literally pick random things not true crime though no. i don't care about true so crime. many true crime podcasts. i mean literally yeah. very few good ones none of them intrigue me whatsoever no. I don't want to know about a murderer. I don't want to know about a rapist. I want to know about people who are successful being those. in yeah. like, well, no, in whatever they do, whether it's a, you know, the best NBA player ever, the best football player ever, the best scientist who this guy was managed, you know, 10 successful landings onto Mars, something like that. Show me those kind of things. I don't care about stupid people getting caught yeah. doing stupid yeah. things, no, I, I totally agree. you know, and it's like, and it's like my wife, Oh, 
I love her dearly, but she cannot stop watching murder, death, rape. Everything she watches, somebody gets murdered. Somebody has a, you know, an act like an extreme accidental death or someone gets raped and that's it. Tonight she watched something that I peeked in a little bit and it looked fine. It had, um, Cranston, Brian Cranston from, um, Breaking Bad. It had Steve Carell in it and it had Lawrence Fishburne in it. We're that sounds good. Steve. Oh, it did. But it was Steve Carell, a former Navy guy getting these two former Marine guys to go with him to pick up his dead son. Cause he was in the Marines and he got killed in Iraq and the whole movie was about basically tear fest. Like, eh, no, no pass pass. I'm going to go downstairs. What are you going to do? I'm going to look for Android apps. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> you know? Fair enough, uh, so it's like, I, I can't, I can't watch murder, death, rape. No, I don't like it either. Not, not my favorite. And true crime is always a murder or death or a rape. Sure. You might have the Ponzi scheme guy, people popping out once in a while, well, but you know, well, the, the app also supports uh, OPML imports. Um, you can do that. Mm. Um, you, there's an option also, which I quite like, which was to leave a tip for the podcast people. Um, so, Fair. Yeah, but um, it's going to be no good for you, Dor, because the maximum speed it'll play podcast at is only 2x. Well, if it lets me hit the podcast and get the RSS link, I'm good. I haven't checked that, actually, but um, it probably does. Um, it's got explicit content filters you can have the option to exclude popular shows as well. Um, so yeah. good. I don't want to hear no Joe Rogan. He can go to hell. <laughs> he's, he, he, he's a class A idiot. I don't want to hear anything he has to say. Oh really? Okay. Um, no, the most popular people are the most stupidest. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Really? It shows you the demographic, doesn't it? Um, yeah. And yeah. it's got a sleep timer and autoplay options as well. So it seems to be a fully featured app, uh, with a, a couple of extra features. Yeah, I, I can tell you, if I was a single person, I would definitely use the sleep timer thing, but I would replay something I already listened to, so it's not I'm not missing anything. You know what I mean? Um, and, uh, like, worst case scenario, I can use it to find a podcast and then open up Podcast Addict and do a text search for the name. Say worst that, case scenario. say that. Probably find a, a podcast on here and then go into Podcast Addict and listen to it there. Right, and I, and see, I wouldn't even have looked at this because I swore Moonbeam was a ebook reader. So I'm... It, it, it must be a close name to that, but it isn't Moonbeam, I'm going to guess. Um, so, yeah, this is trying to be like another uh, podcast index where it wants to be the place where it indexes all the different podcasts. Come here and look for stuff. The simple fact it has clips on it differentiates it enough because I've not seen anything to where you can say, now, let me hear a clip from this podcast. You can hear the entire podcast episode start at the very beginning, but not but not a clip, isolated clip. So I definitely like that idea. Uh, so just some stats on its last updated December 7th. It has 10,000 plus installs. I think it's a fairly new app. It's current version 1.7.3. Requires Android 5.0, rated for 3 plus um, as in-app purchases. Uh, doesn't have a review score. It just has the reviews. Um, huh. Maybe just because it's so new. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Okay, well, the last app I'm going to bring, it's a multiplayer game where quite literally you can invite friends. And this is one of the differentiator things. Most multiplayer games I find you're just dropped in with random four people. This one gave me the impression I could invite explicit individuals, peoples, and, it, and it's called um, Little Big Robots Mech Battle. So if you're a fan at all of like Mecha Warrior back in the day, this is basically kind of like that, except a little bit more cartoonized, um, no first person view, uh, like like out of the cockpit and it's basically like a multiplayer team battle to where you can basically you know join with your friends customize your bot your droid and then have fun you know shooting killing people is what i'm gonna say um yeah it is completely free to play no in-app ads no in-app purchases by keystorm holdings ltd under action t for teen it's really cartoonish violence so you know nothing to worry about there 4.3 average reviews um, updated December 10th, 2021, 324 megs in size, 10,000 plus installs, current version 020. So it's still a very new app. Uh, 5.0 Android and up, uh, content rating teen and violence. I notice it has a video. Should we play that? Uh, if you want to, sure. If you're sure. And, uh, to mute it too. Yep. Yeah. And, and this is like top down three quarters view, um, to where your bot maybe is like one sixteenth the size of the screen. So you can see a good amount of stuff around you. You can basically, you know, customize your bot to the nth degree besides just color, different uh, 
components you can take in or out of it. And you're basically dropped in with a four versus four arena where your, your point of is to basically kill the other side. Um, the only one I saw was, was death battle. I didn't try to explore to see if there was a capture the flag version or anything. Um, what's the monetization like? I know you, I think you mentioned it before that doesn't, um, doesn't uh, charge any, any, it doesn't have any in-app purchases. I didn't see any in-app purchases or any ads or any way to, to buy the app. So I don't know. Okay. It doesn't, doesn't have any. So you think of the game like this, what they, what they would normally do is, is give you all sorts of power-ups and weapons and armor and stuff that you have to pay for because that's where all the money comes exactly. from. Exactly. Um, but that seems to be quite refreshing, actually, that uh, it doesn't have it. Well, what I'm, what I'm hoping is they're literally just trying to build up a fan base and then launch another game and then in this game say, look, if you want more of this game like this, go check out that kind of thing. So I'd be okay with that is what I'm going to say. Cool. But yeah, I like free. Nice. Well, awesome. Um, well, I've got another app here. Uh, I think last week I mentioned that there's nothing really worth with uh, watching on television these days. Uh, and there's only a couple of shows that I really like uh, and uh, like to keep an eye on, and um, one of them being The Expanse. Um, and so this app is called Next Episode uh, by Nick Bits. Um, it's uh, rated 4.7, uh, up last updated October 20th, 2020. So that uh, has been a long time since it's been updated, but... And, and it does show it is the interface is a bit outdated, but if you're just looking for for straight functionality, this this has it. Uh, Five hundred thousand plus installs requires Android four point four and upgraded three plus. Um, so the premise of this particular app is it will tell you when another the next episode of a particular TV series is is on. Uh, it will also um, track movies that you're interested in and tell you where they are and, and when they're being shown. Uh, it has a list of upcoming movies. Um, so you can uh, put them on your radar as well. Um, you can tell it whether you've watched or you've not watched particular movies. Um, and it has a function where you can say whether you've watched particular episodes of a TV series and will then add up uh, the length of those episodes and tell you how long you've, um, you've been watching TV for. Uh, I don't know why <laughs> people might be interested in that. Um, it can show, uh, it has a list of um, hot shows, popular shows, upcoming shows, trending shows. You can specify shows only from particular creators. It will provide you with recommendations. Um, there is a there's a one-off fee you can pay pay for pro membership, um, which uh, costs I think six dollars forty-nine US a year. Oh, I might, I'm not sure if it's annual fee or not. Um, but if you do that, you uh, options in the settings, um, time zones, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I haven't spent a lot of time using it. But uh, it, you know, it does tell me when when the next episodes of my particular series are working are, are showing. So it seems to be working in my country. Um, uh, it's a good one to have on hand in case you need to know when the next episode of a certain show that you like is going to be on. Yeah, this is the kind of app I definitely have to share with my wife um, because there's too many shows. You know what I mean, there's just too many shows that she likes. Some of them are like um, Disney Plus exclusives. Hopefully this will do them as well. Because like she now started watching the book of Bubba Fett oh, yeah. on Disney Plus. Um, uh, there's only two episodes in. And what I'm going to say is this seems to be much more reminiscent of older Star Wars is the way I'll put it. Has it got Tim Rear and Morrison um, in it? My countryman? No clue. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know actors' names he's, at all. He's Boba Fett. He's the guy who played Boba Fett in um, Attack of the Clones. Uh, in Attack of the Clones, it was a middle-aged guy, like around with, with dark hair, right? Ninety-nine yeah. percent sure this ain't him. Okay. <laughs> this guy. Th- this guy looks like he's in his late fifties. I'll say. But I watched like half of an episode, and I was just genuinely impressed at the production value. Is the way I'm going to put it. It looked incredibly top-notch. Um. So, but there's so many shows she watches and there's so many times she doesn't know, well, the season ended, when's the next episode? When's the next episode kind of thing. So I, I definitely think if she takes the time to actually open this and look at it, she will definitely be appreciative of it as well. Yeah, and it will notify you when the next episode is. It'll show, it has a nice little calendar view as well to show you when on a special calendar grid, what's going on. Right. Um, what I have next isn't an app from me, but I wanted to bring this cause I forgot about it. Um, and it's an article from the next web. Um, I keep wondering who is going to do these in air quote smart glasses, right? Um, because so many people are coming out with it. I mean, you have the Snapchat, the Snapchat 
spectacles. You have Google coming out with something. You have Huawei coming out with one. You have Oppo coming out with one. Um, you know, there's so many that are coming out. It's kind of insane. And this was the one that at least its tagline caught my attention. It was TCL's new smart glasses is like strapping a giant monitor to your face. Well, I mean, do you want more than that? Really neat, isn't it? I mean, I mean, that, I mean, cause that's, I don't need smart glasses. I would love to have a hundred inch screen in front of me, or at least give me the impression of a hundred inch screen on my face. Um, they're not even coming out till 2023. Uh, no one knows the price, so I'm just going to say it like this again. I think this is the year we're going to hear so much hype about AR, VR, smart glasses kind of thing, but I don't see it even coming close to settling down to real solid products, and here's why you need that product until like 2023. Yeah, um, I, I had a chance to have a look. I, I don't know about glasses. I mean, Snapchat glasses were, were an abysmal failure, weren't they? Um, Google Glass, that... I'm sure... I'm sure some influencers love them, but nobody else. Yes, exactly. And those influencers have paid a lot of money to like them too. Uh, yeah, I can see, I can see if they that they're they're improving the technology all the time, and so if they're working out the kinks and getting it to be ubiquitous and cheap, then yeah, I don't see why not. But um, for a lot of people, I think they'd just be pointless. Well, I mean, the easiest way for me to describe them is it would be like going into someone's house. And then looking over and you seeing a video game steering wheel and a video game pedals and a video game stick shift. Cause you know, somebody out there has to have them. It just ain't you and me yeah. kind of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Where they're going to have an audience, but they're not going to be like what they want to be. They are not going to be in everyone's house because not everyone wants this crap. Some people just want to sit down and watch TV. Some people want to go out back and sit by the fire. Some people don't want smart glasses don't want ar don't want vr kind of thing so i do not think these things will ever hit the levels that like um um one up will wheaton audiobook kind of thing uh strive to be get um player one i don't think any of them any of them are going to get even anywhere remotely close to that level of success but i can see them getting maybe just enough success to try to eke out the next version yep yep and i think as long as facebook and uh, you know, the metaverse are and meta are pouring money into its development. Yeah, you might you might see something in the next year or two. Well, I mean, and, and I'll say it again about VR. They're not selling. The Nintendo Switch last year sold fifty times more than VR headsets. And are you running out to get a Nintendo Switch? <laughs> no. My kids would like me to. That's the whole that's the whole thing. I mean, and even though it did reinvent some kind of gaming standards having the two joy cons being able to do certain things at least introduce new gaming aspects but no i mean it's just that it's just another iteration kind of thing um i don't think we're going to be uh doing ready player one anytime soon yeah 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 partially because people don't want it partially because it's you know ridiculous is what i want to say um now we do have one uh listener supplied application i'm just clicking this very slowly to make sure I document it correctly. And I know I'm going to mispronounce this. So apologies up front. I believe it's called Hatsumi Miku colorful stage. It is a anime based rhythm game is what I want to say. And I will say if I had any rhythm, I might enjoy rhythm games, <laughs> Yeah, but I have no rhythm. Got a link for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah. Um, and I will say it is incredibly colorful. It's the kind of thing that if you're not awake, play this game and it looks like it'll wake you right up with the colors alone. Um, it's from Sega corporation. So it's one of those things, dare I say, you know, it's going to be worth it. If you are into these kind of games, uh, completely free to download. No, in, um, it does have in-app purchases. No in-app ads is what I'm going to say. 7,483 re reviews under the music category. Uh, e for everyone, 4.3 average reviews uploaded or updated December 13th, 2021, only 69 megs in size. That kind of shocks me for being as colorful and as graphic as it is. That's really teeny tiny. Um, 100,000 reviews, current version 1.0.1 requires Android, um, five and up content rating E for everyone. Looks, um, I'm just playing the, uh, the video. It comes with the video as well. It yeah. It's like a pedo's not, uh, you know, come true. <laughs> well their ages are let's say just they don't make them look old or young they're just 
fake looking because, you know, the big eyeballs. Uh, but if you're at all into anime, if you're at all into rhythm-based games, this looks like, in air quotes, the best of both worlds. Um, I, I'm too busy listening to podcasts. To each his own. I that's, I think, my part of my problem. Yeah. I'm sure somebody would yeah, and then, uh, um, yeah, and then Charles says, the app download is over a gig. So you start, you download it from the app store, it's 69 megs. By the time you're done, it's a gig. Wow. That makes more sense. Wow. Yeah. My rhythm and can't jump, says Eric in chat Okay. Um, do you have any other apps you would unbring, Ivor? I have one more, and I, I want to try and bring in um, at least one open source app every every time for every episode. Um, this one is called, um, sorry, it's called New Pipe, and I'll just put the uh, F-Droid link in here. Uh, uh, New Pipe is a YouTube front-end or YouTube client that um, is an open source YouTube client, and it will give you... Uh, all the benefits that YouTube does, all the features that uh, YouTube doesn't at the moment. Um, so basically, uh, you can use this app to uh, import import uh, your regular YouTube account, all your uh, um, subscriptions, all your details that come with your regular YouTube account. You can export it from your YouTube account and import it into the new pipe thing. The main benefits of this particular uh, front end are um, it will automatically play videos in the background while you're using other apps. You don't have to have the YouTube app open all the time. Um, we'll um, play around with the resolution. There are no ads, so it automatically removes all the ads. So if you if you want to save money on uh, your... <laughs> not, the, not that crappy. Now, before we get to the topic, this video is sponsored by... Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, I hate them. So yeah, if you, if you get sick and tired of YouTube ads, then this is a, this is a godsend. Now you're not going to get rid of the stupid inline sponsored ads, which is why now I won't even watch YouTube on my Android device anymore. I will only watch it in my Firefox browser where I literally have a now an add on that will skip those sponsor segments um, to where and I don't, I don't care who I don't care if Skillshare is sponsoring it. I don't care if Magellan, I don't care. I don't care about any of those things. And the last thing I want to do is support anybody who incessantly pushes stuff because of money. Because that's all it is. So I won't even watch Android YouTube anymore, no matter what, until you can get rid of those inline sponsorship ads. I can't. I can't. Basically, it, and I know it doesn't come with all the tracking that uh, YouTube does as well. It's um, it's great. You can play it with your Kodi uh, media server if you like. There's an option there to set it up with your Kodi. Um, it's got gesture control for brightness and volume. Uh, it's got a dark theme as well, so you can change the theme, light or dark theme. Uh, you can change the default content country. So I have, I've yet to play around with this, but I can change it to a, to a different country like the US or the, or the UK and get um, the trending stuff that's that's going on in those countries that may not be available in my own, which to me is, is quite handy. Um, you can, it includes all the comments that would normally be made. Uh, so all the, all the chat room uh, comments that would show, normally show on, a, on this video would still be included in Newpipe. Um, and you can download... Uh, videos as well to your to your device for, with no no money. Um, the only thing that I, that bothers me with it is there doesn't seem to be a Chromecast option. Uh, uh, I have to basically mirror my screen from my phone or my tablet to the TV using the Chromecast. Uh, but if you can live without that uh, that uh, you know that Chromecast or mirror screen option, um, then this is an ideal uh, client to avoid the money that YouTube will charge you for its uh, ad free version. Gotcha. Um, a couple episodes ago, I brought Motion Monkey. Yes. Yep. Did you by any chance check I did, that one I out? Did. I thought it was very good. It was a little bit yeah. janky, um, but yeah. um, it it was. It, I think it needed a bit more development work. I might go back to it and, and see um, see if it's changed or improved. Yeah, I keep it involved just because I expect it to get better. That's my nice way of saying it's it, it, it's still in production value. Where New Pipe has been around for years, so when you load this up, you get professional level kind of interface is what I'll say. Um, and it is the kind of app where 90% of the people in the world who don't want YouTube ads, who have any intelligence with the ability to Google search, you're going to end up with new pipe. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So it's a, it's an old standby. I think it's been around for, for a while now. So, you know, if you're looking for a, a good old YouTube alternative, then this, this is your go-to. Right. And yeah, like Charles said in the chat, I don't want to hear about men's grooming product <laughs> at all. Good. I don't want to hear about, I don't want to hear about any kind of manscaping. I don't want to hear about men's underwear. I don't want to hear about any of that ever. And again, for the rest of my life, um, again, companies like better health. Um, there's been studies showing that if you already are susceptible to depression, 
and you see what you consider to be too many ads, you'll become depressed. So better health, they're pushing ads out like crazy, which is doing nothing but to help their business. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't like their ethics either kind of thing. Um, okay. I don't really have any more apps. I don't know about you. Oh, that's it for me. Okay. Then I'm going to give a quick rundown of the headlines and the apps. I'm pretty sure I'm going to miss at least one. Sorry. Um, Android earthquake warning system. Then it was Hey pal language exchange. Then it was whisk recipe saver meal planner and grocery list. And I will say, I wish I had the attention span to sit down and plan my meals. Cause I know it'll be easier to go to the store and easier for prep and everything. That's what I'm trying to do. I still can't. Um, yes, it's not easy. Uh, then we have get human, uh, after that farm invasion USA, then Aether X S X two after that moonbeam, then little big robots mech battle. And then next episode track TV shows, movies, and TV series. Then wearing TCL's new smart glasses is like strapping a giant monitor to your face. Then Hatsumi Miku colorful stage from Sega and then new pipe. Um, Ivor, if people want to uh, get in touch with you, what's the best way? Oh, um, I don't really have a social media presence. Um, probably the best way is just to log into the chat room and um, talk to me there during, during the next um, podcast. Um, otherwise, if uh, people really want to get hold of me, just contact AAA at podnuts.com and I'm sure, and, and the email will get to me eventually. Yeah. The, the email is simple. It's easy. AAA at podnuts.com. The phone number is also easy. It is uh 7076 podnut. If you would rather send us a, uh, email, I understand. Uh, if you want to just record a segment of audio, that's also easy to understand. Um, if you want to support us on Patreon, it's also very easy. Link in the notes. It should be uh, patreon.com slash Android app addicts. Uh, thank everyone for downloading. Thank Charles and Eric uh, for coming out to the chat. Uh, I tried. We've done better now. We've gotten a little bit more consistent. Yeah, second week in a row, man. Come it. on. Right. I, I keep thinking we're going to keep doing a little bit better and a little bit better. So hopefully by the end of February, we should be pretty stable and steady. Um, so thanks everyone for being there with us. Thanks everyone for their support. And we'll talk to everyone again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology related. You can find us on iTunes and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.